Hello, welcome to Nintendo Nostalgia, episode 151. I'm your host, Jacob Russ, and I'm joined by my co-host, Joshua Taylor, and we are back, and we are playing with power. Um, you guys, it's not Ryan. Um, decided Josh was a better fit for the show after our anniversary episode, and Ryan's no longer a part of the show. Uh, it's just Josh and I, the Rare Boys, the Platonic Boys, moving forward. I'm just kidding. We, Ryan, actually, he's pretty busy with some stuff right now, and um, he's getting in. I think he has a new job now, so um, settling into that, it's uh, he's just you know needed a night off, and uh, we're actually recording on our traditional day. It's a Tuesday today instead of a Monday, and no worries. So, but Ryan, uh, Josh, and I are going to do it justice here. We have a lot to talk about. We're really excited about this topic, and um, we can't preach it any better um, than uh, Ryan. So, Actually, we can preach it a lot better than Ryan. That makes no sense, um, because we are Radical Rexing about this game big time. But speaking of Radical Rexing, Josh, why don't we go ahead and, and get into that uh, at hand here. So this is what we have been Radical Rexing about. Josh, why don't you go first, man? What is exciting for you today? All right. So to avoid the topic at hand for now, because I'm sure we'll get into that in just plenty. Um, yeah, we will. I- I'd say from a gaming side, especially Luigi's Mansion 3 is definitely big on my list. Um, it came out, what was it, uh, four or five days ago. Um, I haven't mm-hmm. played it as much as I thought I would so far, just because I'm actually like kind of saving it. For any time I'm around my wife or my kid or both, preferably, because they both really seem to enjoy it. And I've got to take advantage of co-op. So instead of just kind of doing my own thing with it, I'm kind of making it a family thing. So just a different pace for me. Um, it's it's making it last longer. So I'm cool with that. I like it. Uh, let's see. Other than that, pretty normal stuff. I've been working an extra job trying to get a couple extra bucks for this and that, and hopefully to put some even more towards the show and things like that in the future. Um, and I think that is about it. Oh, I've actually been playing a lot of older games. Um, oh. I pulled out my Super Nintendo, GameCube. I've been jumping all over the place. Played a little Star Fox Adventures, Donkey Kong Country 2, of course. Very nice. And Mario Paint, which my mouse... Still surprisingly works very well. And I honestly haven't cleaned the inside of it and who knows when. But dang. Yeah. That's funny. That's just messing around on a bunch of random stuff. Sometimes I get in that mode. Can't focus on one thing at a time. Yeah, I feel I feel I understand that for sure. I'll go back to my statement. Back it up from last week. You you uh, tell me you don't ever have time to play games and yet you are able to pull out retro games on top of your current games. (laughs) In, in game, I think you got more time than you lead on, my friend. Now, my problem is, though, is that I'm hopping around so much. It's like 15 minutes later, I'm throwing in something else. And it's like that's true. It's really hard to make progress on one game if you just hop back and forth between a bunch. That, <laughs> that is very true. Sounds like a lot. Um, yeah, that's usually me at the Christmas time. I'll usually get like one or two games and I'll bounce back and forth between them. So got to. Be patient with each of them and make some good progress. But, um, well, anything else besides that? That's about all right now. Pretty normal stuff, seeing where some things are going. Um, but that is all cool. for now. Cool. 
um, myself, well, I did have my birthday party last weekend. Um, got some awesome stuff. Um, some didn't have all my buds there. You weren't there. Ryan wasn't there. A couple of the other Nosco guys weren't there. But um, we did have some guys be able to make it, and we had a fun time. We played games. I bought Castle Crashers with some of my eShop money. Um, I got a couple eShop car- gift cards for um, my birthday from friends, and uh, I also um, the big games stuff I got is obviously I bought Luigi's Mansion Three. Got with birthday money for my parents. Um, been playing that nonstop. Really, it's it's an amazing game. It's beautiful. It's so funny. It looks like a freaking animation movie, a CGI movie from the the get go. Um, I really really like the game. It's it's definitely the best in the series from what I can say. Um, so far, I'm pretty deep. Um, I'm I'm about to start the 14th floor, so we'll go from there. But uh, it's uh, I got that, and then um. Kyle Martin, our buddy, uh, our artist for the show. Everyone, you see his new art with our podcast now. Um, he does every artwork for each season. He did a great job again on the new ones. GameCube theme now for our fourth season as a show. We are on the cube. But um, he uh, bought me Spyro Trilogy unexpectedly. I didn't expect him to get that. So um, I thought, well, I, I I won't lie. He asked if I had it, and I was like, no, I don't. I'm saving for a rainy day. And Kind of gave me a hard time about it. So I kind of thought like, well, maybe he'll get that for me if I, since I don't have it, but, and he really wants me to play it. So he got me that. Um, I have not dived into it yet. Uh, just focused on Luigi's Mansion and um, getting back to finishing Ukulele and the Impossible Lair. Uh, I'm almost done with that. But, um, so I got that. And then um, Traven got me um, Undertale, uh, the their first figurine set. Um, I'm getting the second one for Christmas, but um, I got like, there's like five figurines and um, they're beautiful. It's an expensive set too. And I'm really happy to have it. Um, it looks great on my shelf, my Undertale collection section. It's, it's fantastic. So um real glad about all of that. Um, and I wrote, I wrote a couple songs the past couple weeks. Um, and they both turned out really nice. One was a creepy one, so it's not like fun to listen to because it's like I designed it to be creepy and spooky to fit an atmosphere. So it's not like, you know, unless you like listen to horror really freaky sounds. Um, it's not one I like will typically listen to a lot. I I like to go back and listen to my songs to critique them, see if I don't like something or if I do like it or when it or I hear something I want to add. Um, but my, I wrote a boss theme and I wrote it to be really rocking and, and, and pretty at the same time. And, and man, I, I love it. Like I don't put out music that I, I hate, like, I'm not going to put out something and be like, yeah, it's okay. You know, like, no, like if I start sharing something with something with someone, I have confidence in it myself and I, and I like it, you know, and I start getting other people's opinions and feedback. Um, uh, but this is one that like, I, when I send a version to people, I'll send them a short the short standard version, which is like around two minutes, a little less than that. Um, but for me, I, I looped it and I made it like a four minute song. So it's because uh, I just love listening to it. I think it's really powerful and I've had it catchy jingle stuck in my head the past two weeks. So I'm really enjoying that. And I'm about to get a, my SoundCloud up and running so I can start playing my put my music up there for public people to hear and listen and um, continue to better myself so I can be writing video game music one day so i had to get more known out there but um those are really the biggest things i've been radical rexing about um 
Cool. Um, well, we do actually have a voicemail. Um, again, two weeks in a row we're getting voicemails. I want to play them real fast, and then we can um, uh, respond, and we can get back to the show. Hello, Nascrew. This is Isaac calling. I just wanted to say thank you and also apologize. Uh, thank you for taking my call on you guys' anniversary special. I really appreciated all you guys' answer to my question on your top five game. I think that really speaks volumes. It was actually pretty similar in games, but that just shows how much the games really mean ones and how high ranked they are. So thank you so much for that. I think that was really awesome um, hearing you guys' top five. I do want to apologize, though. I don't know what happened to my phone there. I didn't mean to leave you guys hanging. Um, getting to number one on what I had. So thought I'd just answer that because I don't have Twitter. I don't have anything to really give that out to you. But since the show is about nostalgia, I thought I'd just tell a quick story real quick that answers the number one of what I think is the best game, my personal favorite. Um, so years ago, I can remember when I was probably only four or five years old. I can't remember how old exactly, but my father told me and my brother that we were going to go get a Super Nintendo. And back then, it was more of an experience when you would go and get stuff. I mean, it still kind of is now if you prefer to do that, but it seems like a little bit of it's been lost when you order on Amazon or whatever, which is still exciting, too, to get something in the mail. But it was definitely an experience that I remember, obviously, even to this day. But we went down to a local Toys R Us, and, of course, sadly, those have closed down. But anytime I drive by what uh, this one was, it's actually been closed, obviously, now. I still get this memory, though. But we went to the Toys R Us, and one memory I do have about Toys R Us Back then, of course, it was more populated and not so sad if you went to a Toys R Us in the last couple of years. But uh, there's a lot of people there. You know, it's just exciting. You know, as a kid, Toys R Us was just amazing. But what I remember is the games were behind the glass, like they are now. You might see them at a Walmart, but you didn't ask a person to get the game. You had these tickets in front of the game. It would have the price. It would have the information. And you have to take it up front. and at our Toys R Us, it was like a pharmacy. It was a person that was like seven feet up in the air. You had to hand them the tickets up, and then they disappear in the back room. They'd get whatever items that you have on that ticket. So my father said to us, though, he said, each of you guys can pick out one game apiece. And we just thought that was so cool that we got to pick our own games. That's going to be our personal game. And my father went off. He got off some sports games. I mean, he kind of went nuts and. <laughs> We got a bunch of different games, and I remember specifically one was Where in the World is Carmen? Hey, now screw this is Isaac again. There must be something up with my phone. It actually disconnected that time. So I'll just wrap this up real quick, get to the point. Um, what I was saying about the story, though, there is uh, my number one game, though, is uh, Super Mario World. It came with the Super Nintendo. And the reason why that was my pick is that was the first game that we played when we got home, uh, getting a Super Nintendo. We played that for hours. I just remember being blown away, seeing the game, just everything was new experience. And that's actually what made me come to enjoy Nintendo, enjoy games as a whole. So that's my number one is Super Mario World. So I apologize again with my phone. 
don't know what the deal is. But, uh, again, thank you so much for taking our phone call. And, again, guys, keep up the good work. I really appreciate uh, hearing you guys' story, too. So anytime you guys want to incorporate more stories, you know, uh, just kind of reminiscing the nostalgia of growing up and memories you have with different games. I really do enjoy hearing that, too. So can keep the good work up and look forward to more and more episodes as they come up. All right, you guys, take care. Isaac, the mystery has been solved. Super Mario World is your number one game. Thank you so much for calling back, man. Uh, I was thinking about that earlier this week. I was like, oh, yeah, I wonder what his number one was. Um, But uh, uh, don't worry about it. It's not your phone. Um, Google Voice actually has a three-minute timer. So if you go to a three-minute mark, it automatically just shuts off. That's all it does. So um, you did the right thing, actually, by calling back again um when it went off this time and man I, I think you're about to say like carmen san diego or something that's what i thought you were going to say what your, what your dad got um i'd like to hear the rest of that story so maybe you'll call next week and tell it but thanks for calling isaac and clearing that up and man um i tell you what i don't remember any of that about toys r us at least not the one that we had i don't maybe they did it but that sounds like a magical time and you're right um getting games and and systems are for most people, are not as is not special. Like it was very special. I, you know me um, from the show. I try to make it special. When I got my switch, uh, I made it very special. I went and took my daughter with me. She was just a little baby at that time, but took her with me. And um, like, I'm never going to trade my switch in, even though like it would be nice to trade it in and get a bigger battery life switch because you can get good money for it. I'm not trading it in. You know why? I'm not because that's the switch I got with my little girl. Like she was brand new to the world and I consider it her first Nintendo. It's the first Nintendo big Nintendo product I bought with her here. And um, I, I I'll always cherish that. And I made it a big deal. I went to I pre-ordered it at GameStop. I took work off met up with Ryan early, we went there together, we got our Switches, we got our games, we got our Amiibo, we got a Pro Controllers. Um, magical times, and you're so right. Like it, it, It's not like that anymore. And unfortunately, I, w- I just wish people, <laughs> I wish people thought like me, I guess. Um, why can't the world be like me, huh? Um, just kidding, but like, I feel like it's just it's a lost thing. People just want to buy digital. They just want to just download it straight to the system. Like that's why we lose artwork and 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 physical cases is because people stop showing appreciation in that. I think, and companies are saying, "Oh, yeah, people would just rather download it directly the day of instead of going out to get it, or people would rather order it on Amazon, which I'm not a fan of um, myself, but." You know, so um, thank you for calling Isaac. Uh, Josh, you want to chime into Isaac's phone call real quick? Yeah, actually, I, I do remember that at, at our Toys R Us, it was just nothing but like rows of papers, like he said, that you would pick up and take up front. Um, so is that just the Super Nintendo days? Because I don't remember that. Um, I didn't have Super Nintendo growing up, so I'm trying to remember honestly. I'm wanting to say it was into the '64 days, but it. It may have cut off somewhere in the middle there. I'm not real sure. Um, I, I do remember like a big demo booth sort of thing. I don't think there was actually a controller hooked up to it, but mm. there was like different buttons you could hit to watch different videos for different games and stuff. And I remember that being a bunch of Super Nintendo ones at the time. But 
some of that all kind of blurs together at this point. But right. But yeah, I, I remember a lot of that. Neat. Cool. Well, Josh, um, I think it's time that we don't waste any more time in this episode. We've got a lot to talk about. We're about a half hour in now, and uh, we are decided we're going to bring um, a game that Josh and I have been radical rexing about a lot to the table. Um, and guys, we're talking about it. There will be some spoilers. We're not going to be all spoiler-free. We're not going to try to ruin it all either, but um, you've been warned. We are talking about ukulele in the impossible lair. Right, Josh, ukulele, the impossible lair. Um, yeah, this game rocks. I freaking love it. It is. Um, you guys have heard it. It's just like Donkey Kong Country. It's it's totally like Donkey Kong Country. You get into those levels, it feels like Donkey Kong Country. I see the Kongs running on the screen, you know, in my mind, and because it feels the same. I mean, um, Platonic. Unlike the first game, ukulele, where they try to be a spiritual successor to Banjo Kazooie. Um, this one, they've really taken a unique approach. Yes, Donkey Kong Country is definitely the inspiration for the main levels. However, there's a lot of um, not Donkey Kong Country stuff in this game, especially the over the overall world. It's more of like a Zelda top-downness part or Mario 3D world, um, and you do a lot of tasks in that, and that's fun too. It's fun to explore and and to go about it. Um, Josh, what were your first uh, thoughts when you booted the game up? I was excited from the to, to begin with, really. Um, some of that, of course, is a little bit of my own bias, but yeah, I, from the first level on, I, I knew it was going to be something special. Um, of course, by the end of it, it's, I would say, and, and this is coming off of it, having it for about a month now, I would say it's my favorite game this year that I've played. Mm. And I've played a lot this year, probably more than I should have. So <laughs> I think that's Oh, yeah, we something. know you like the game. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> now, um, yeah, I, I don't even know where to begin with all of that. Um, the music, well, the, I guess the opening cutscene, all of it. Yeah, I think the opening cutscene is a great place to start. Um, you open, you start the game, and it 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 throws you right into the middle of like chaos. It's kind of like what's what's happening right now, you know? Like you are in the middle of. You're seeing Capital B. Last time you saw Capital B, if you played the first ukulele, spoilers, um, like you beat him and he fell into a um, a, tome, a tome book and he was kind of like trapped in it. And now you see him and you're right there in this the middle of this battle with him. And he has gone, he's had a little bit of a wardrobe change since the last ukulele, hasn't he? Yeah, since then in this grand tome, which is known as the Grand Stingdom, he has taken it over and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looks more, um, I don't know what the word Insane, is for. crazy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to say almost more like he's ready to fight than just like a businessman like he was in the first game. Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like a, a K. Rule progression right here. Like, seriously, the first one, he's more like, I'm just a big bad boss and you can't beat me. 
and then you beat him. You kind of kick him in the face, and then because of that, he is now a little bit more crazier, a little bit more angrier, and taking he's taking ukulele a little bit more serious now, I think. You know? Yeah, that's where it, it starts you out straight in his in that impossible lair, um, yep. like the title says. The start. So for those who would not, does, don't already know, you meet him and Queen Phoebe of the Royal Sting that India has taken over. And yeah. you're pretty much guaranteed to lose here. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, I, I lost. I'm even embarrassed. When I go back to, like, play the lair, I'm embarrassed that, like, I lost at the first fight because it's, like, it's really not that hard. I get you know what you're doing. I, I think it told me I made it 5% in that first attempt. Mm. Um, but once it kicks you out, you really get the game going. Like, it, it actually gets started. You get a chance to check out the world map. Um, yep. You get things a little better explained to you. The first level opens up, things like that. The first real real level or chapter, as they call it in this game. Um, yeah. So it starts off way different than... Most games of this type would. Um, it, it gives you some context. It lets you learn the ropes a little bit, even before the first level starts, and get your butt kicked one good time. But mm-hmm. yeah. Well, it kind of um, for such for Platon being a smaller team, an indie team, um, I feel like they did a lot of unique things that made their game um, stand out. Um, for example, like just starting you off in the midst of the chaos avoids them having to have this massive like for example donkey kong country has a giant opening theatrical cutscene that's long and it's very pretty and powerful and 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 gives you the feels um platonic doesn't have the money for that so they found something unique that catches your attention right away but it doesn't cost nearly as much and that's by throwing you directly into the impossible area yeah it's not really a cut scene. It's just more of like a opening scene, I guess, that's really short. And it kind of gives you a tutorial from the start uh, to get you going on it. But um, it's uh, it's good, man. I, I, I really like what they did. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll straight up say, like, um, it's the music again. The music from the first moment you get into the game, it's intense. But, but man, is it good. Like, it's a David Wise track. You can definitely tell. And it... it Sounds very good. Oh, the the title as I, soon as you turn it on is what got me. I still like just turning it on because it just it just makes you happy. I don't know how else to explain it. Oh yeah, <laughs> as it's loading up. Definitely. Um, when you do start the game, I think this is the only, maybe the only little downside I can think of it to the game on my part is that it actually has kind of a long load times. Um, once you first enter the game, like there's like two cutscenes where you enter. Um, we started up and then I think once you go out of the impossible air and into the main overall world, I noticed that that was kind of a chugging time, at least on the switch version. Um, after that though, everything else is seamless. It does not take long to go from level to level to walk around the world. The, the 60 frames per second is there. It's quality. Um, it both in the gameplay and in the, like of the two D's and the overall world. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's pretty good. So, um, if you lose, no matter where you lose in the, the impossible air, because most likely 99% of everybody will lose their first time through, um, it, you're thrown out and you're thrown out right in front of Ivory towers. So you are 
in the land of the first game, which is cool. It was really cool. I really like that. I love you and I, you know, we, we love connectivity. We love to see how it is like the DKU all connect from Banjo-Kazooie to Donkey Kong Country to to um, even Platonic's games because, yes, they are in the same universe. They Platonic has hinted at that. They've made it known. That doesn't mean they can go over to Kong Island in their games, but that they made it known that, yeah, they're all connected in the same universe, that they all coexist in the in the minds of Platonic. Um, so you're out in front of Hyvary Towers, um, and you, you're with Queen Phoebe. She teaches you about the bees, and um, you start your first level, Josh. Um, what you, what'd you think about the environment, first off, of being in the overall world? Was it what you thought it would be like? Um, was it... I think it's really pretty. I, I, I really do. I um, was... A little taken back by like just how pretty it it, it looks. It looks better. It, you know, you got the new Zelda game that just came out. This game looks, it's got a cute, unique art style, but this game looks better, in my opinion. I think it looks better than Zelda. And so it's got its own look to it, and it 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 looks pretty similar to the first game, I'd say, in some ways. At least the style does. But it's it's yeah, almost yeah. like they took what was there, and with the overworld in particular, which is its own part of the game. It's it's almost like a third yep. of it. Um, yep. They took it and almost made it sort of a top-down Zelda sort of deal. So, you know, some things are, I don't want to say squared off, but it's more of like looking down at a map almost, like a 3D map sort of thing. But I like how it translated to that. Um, You know, it it doesn't look like necessarily it's some big, amazing building and standing in front of you necessarily. It's not like walking around in like a 3D Zelda game or something, but it's... It, it translates well to this, if that makes sense. You kind of have to see see the two and compare, but I think it fits just fine. Yeah, I think it fits pretty well. Um, it's really pretty um, overall, and uh, we'll we'll we'll, chat, we'll we'll come back to the overall world here. Um, but I want to dive into just the first level. Um, your first experiences, what you thought of the level, what did it feel like, Josh, when you first went into to it. Yeah, so that first one, um, I have it actually here in front of me, Capital Causeway. Um, it, it starts out, it's it's one of the more, I guess, basic levels in the game, so to speak, to get you started. Um, but it, it, it's a great way, of course, to let you learn what everything is. So, of course, it, it feels very similar to, if you're familiar with the Donkey Kong Country games, um, it, it lets you get a good solid feel on all of that without dealing with the impossible layer, of course. Um it, it's just, it's one of those good first levels, if that makes sense. So it's it's colorful, it's somewhat peaceful. Um, but yeah. you get a good look at the stingdom that they're uh, that they just recently created, things like that. It's, I want to say it's what you would expect, but it's kind of not. It, it's unique in its own ways. Um, right. You're going in and out of houses and buildings and stuff at some points. So it it gives you a good feel for the new world that you're in, um, because every level is a chapter ripped out of that grand tome, out of that book of the royal stingdom, and this is just sort of that homeland part of it, so to speak. It's um, yeah, it it definitely throws you right into the game, and it like I like we said from the top, it feels like Donkey Kong Country, um, and I and I love that. I think the music was was good. Um, for that level and um it just looked like you said it's just really cartoony eye popping um i love it i love it so much josh it's so good um 
now uh, the the books every level's kind of um, ripped apart. Uh, it's been there. Are, I think there are chapters out of the actual Stingdom area. Like it's each area in that book is wrapped up, and then Queen Phoebe takes everything out, and that's what all of your 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 levels are. They're chapters from within that book. So um, you are able to. Uh, that you have to go back and explore them. And you start with chapter one. Yeah. And, um, and actually, if I, one thing I'd forgotten to mention, um, with with the composers on this one, um, you mentioned before we've got David Wise, and we also have Grant Kirkhope helping. Um, a lot of the tracks are actually done by some of Platonic's own uh, composers that they've hired that are actually officially part of Platonic. Um, it's Matt. Yes. Um, let me pull it up here. Um, Dan, I'm sorry, it's Dan Murdoch and Matt Griffin. Um, but this first level is actually David Wise himself. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, between, I would say the majority of the soundtrack is between Dan and Matt, but the, this, this Capital Causeway, this first level is a David Wise track. And the main yeah. theme is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, uh, it. It's good music, man. This whole game has quality music, guys. If you love, if you're a sucker for good music like me, this game has it. It's uh, it's pretty darn good. Um, so when you collect a bee, by the way, each level has a bee. That's what the the point of going through here and the point of ukulele and the impossible layer is. You got to go collect little bees. They are here to um, be a shield for you. Basically, they give you free hits um, as you try to get through this long, really tough layer. And um, it's uh, uh, they they draw that up. You see it in the artwork uh, after you collect a bee. Um, HB is is different. They they're based on Platonic character or people who work at Platonic. Um, and then they also had a contest. Obviously, that a handful of people got to enter, and they got selected to be a bee in the game. And uh, Josh's little girl uh, he was entered by Josh himself. And they won one of the spots. So, uh, Josh, what uh, what's your daughter's uh, B name in the game? So her real name is Lillian, but her B's name is Lil Bean, and it's it's L I L B E E. We have to think about that, and then A N N. So everything is a B pun, including her name. Yeah, um, I love it. And they made a little character after her because she had written a little book. Um, we made a video for it and gave it to them. What was so, that like to to actually like see her character in the game for you as as a parent? Like, what would what did that feel like? It's pretty weird. I actually wanted to take that and make something out of it, just because it's something really special to me. Of course, sure. Um, for multiple reasons, because I one I love this company, and two, I'm, well, okay, actually, one, it's it's my has something to do with my daughter, so that's that's a given. <laughs> right, right. But I love this team, and I remember playing a lot of, you know, granted their games, and they, a lot of them were a part of Rare back when I was that yep. age. When I was five was when Donkey Kong Country came out. Yeah. And I fell in love with that game, and she's five, and now her name is in the credits of this game. That's nuts. So, of course, it's special. <laughs> that's super um, special. So, yeah, it's, it's super cool. Um, yeah, and I heard they're going to add, like, a little description to it later as well. I guess just to bring it back on the topic of the bees themselves, they all have their own little descriptions, Yeah, you know, to give them a little personality. Um, and a lot of them, like her name, uh, a lot of them are puns off of 
the team's names. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think of some good examples. Darn, I should have had them pulled up here. But, but yeah, so she got to be a part of that, too. It's cool to see her name mixed in there with things that are references to, um, you know, that team in general is pretty cool. Dude, it's surreal. Your daughter is now a real character in the Donkey Kong universe. Yeah, thought of that. I was like, man, it, I've been a fan of this stuff for like 25 years now. Yeah. And she just walks on up in here. <laughs> I know, she's only five and she gets in, man. You've been alive how long and what the heck? Uh, look here, actually, I found a few here. So, <laughs> um, oh, if I can get it to stay up here. So one of them, of course, being from DK Vine, um, Hive Russell. Well, mm-hmm. it's Heil Russell, but his B's name is Hive Russell. So that's one of them that I just came across here first. But, oh, here we go, Grant Kirkhopes. His is Kirkhive. Mm-hmm. Everything's off of that, a, a B pun. I just thought those were cool. It's just one of those goofy, like, dad jokes sort of things they've right. pulled off since the beginning. Yeah. Um, all the bees too. When you when you complete a level, they all get the, the like they're singing a cute little bee song. My daughter and my son Jack, um, they love it. Every time that would come on, and I'm like playing the game, they start dancing, and they just <laughs> they I I would just leave it on sometimes for like five minutes just so they'll dance, and it's it's funny <laughs> when I'm like okay, and I'll just tap a, and my daughter's like, oh no, where'd the song go? And I'm like, ah, oh, just turned off. It's, It'll come back eventually, you know, so, but, um, I, I loved that. I thought that was cool and, and adorable that my kids were dancing away to that little jingle. I think it's cool. I like to hear it and, um, it's catchy for sure. It's catchy and cute. Um, oh, yeah. the music is just very, very, um, gosh, one moment that you close your eyes, if you, and you, you'll feel like you're in Banjo-Kazooie, like seriously, you're in the overworld and, and you, you go to some area, it just sounds like like classic Kirkhope and I feel like I'm playing banjo man and it feels great and then a uh, modern banjo and then you go into a level and um the music is just epic and yet beautiful at the same time and that's what I love about David Wise is when he'll make something that just sounds so pretty but yet so energetic like it just um, the the water level the second level of the game is one of my favorite tracks and it's a uh, well, it's not really a water. It turns into a water level. Um, we'll, and we'll talk about that here in a second. But the the level itself is um, like a factory, and um, it's just a very techno-y feel, I guess. Um, but it, it it's so good. David Wise did an awesome, awesome job. Um, and uh, we, I guess that can, that's a great way segue into what you do with the levels. The levels are not just one level and that's it. Like how do they, they get us to go back and revisit these levels. How do we go back and revisit these levels? So, and, and a couple examples, like one of them there is in the overworld, there is a little switch that you flip and it pours water down on the book or on that chapter. So when you go back to visit that level, it's filled with water. Another one, you flip on its side, so then you jump back in, and it's the whole world is completely sideways. Um, so not only does it take the the layout of the original level per se and do something crazy with it, a lot of times you end up on a completely different path. So it's like a completely new level. Um, 
and it's gone about in a way that I don't feel like I've seen in a game before. Um, I know we've compared this a lot to Donkey Kong Country and things like that, but it def- it's definitely one of those things where it does its own thing and it does it really well. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's really fun. It's really unique. It really does. It you, You'll see areas in the level like, oh, I bet I could get up there. I wonder if there's a secret up there. And like, you can't. And then you realize when you um, do whatever the the level how it changes when you transform it. They're like, oh, I see the dots. Now that's an area for this section of the game. Um, you collect five coins per level as well. Um, and uh, that's always fun. That's that's the root of, you know, you mirror collecting the Kong letters. You mirror finding finding those guys. Um, that That's what this is. And and, and it's, uh, it's fun. They're uniquely hidden. Um, I found pretty much most of them all by myself. I think there was just one coin. That I had to look up. No, two. Two coins I had to look up. Just could not find them, man. Could not find them, but finally did it. Um, there's some secret exits in the world uh, in different levels um, to to unlock um, certain secrets in the main world. Um, so you got you to gotta find those as well, too. Uh, which I think just, again, adds to the meat and to the substance of this game, guys. We're not talking about anything... Um, I mean, some of the stuff is new take, but it's stuff that we love. Like you talk about, it's kind of weird, Josh. I would argue that they did almost a better spiritual successor job with this game to DKC than they did with Banjo Kazooie in the first one, because the first one did have some issues. You know, even though I loved it, and I don't think it deserves the the backlash it got. This game is almost like perfect, if not even better than what Donkey Kong Country has been. Would yeah, you? it it feels more like a four per se, a Donkey Kong Country four, um, sort of an evolution of that. Yeah, then I almost would say the retro games do, and that's not anything against the retro games. No, I really do. Not at all. I really do like. Uh, I really do love actually Returns and Tropical Freeze. Uh huh. Um, but I, this almost feels somewhere in between the two. Um, and you you can really tell it's a lot of that same team. That oh, yeah. worked on the original, especially the original two Donkey Kong Country games, I'd say. Totally. Um, so let's talk about um, some of the other mechanics in the game. We have tonics. We collect tonics. You can um, find them hidden in the overall overworld, and you can find hints to, to go uh, look for them, and you have them in the... You can, I think, maybe... Do you buy any from Vindy at all, or is that just like the first one? I think it's just the first one, if I remember correctly. I can't remember right now. Um, but yeah, you find them everywhere, and you you got to hunt them down, basically, and, and, and do different secrets to, to find them. And um, each one um, has a different, unique uh, ability with it. Either it can transform Yuka and Laylee, it can give you a special ability, it can make the game harder, or it can change the aesthetic of the levels. Um there's some fun like Game Boy, Game Boy Retro. It looks like you're playing on a Game Boy. Um, Game Boy Color. There is VHS tape, which looks like you're playing an old VHS tape from the '90s, and I love it, man. Talk talk about nostalgia. This game is like full of nostalgia. They have a 64-bit tonic where Yuka and Lele are legit polygonal, not so pretty looking characters from the Nintendo 64 era. It's cool. I freaking love it. 
Um, I, I, there's just so much to say about this game. Now, um, you collect quills. Uh, the quills are a currency. Um, and that's something a little different for Banjo-Kazooie. Like, you collect a bunch of these, and these quills you do spend to activate the um, tonics. Um, and you... Uh, basically, some of the tonics... They may help you. Um, they may give you a power upgrade and make you like a beast, but you're you're sacrificing how many quills you actually get at the end of the game. So like it'll start subtracting. You could collect 500 quills, and then it'll take 0.8 of those off, depending on if you have a lot of um, tonics on that will actually help you in the level to make it easier. However, you can make it the opposite. You can go harder. You can put on... Um, give all enemies googly eyes, which basically gives them a second hit. Um, or you can put a spotlight on you where the whole level's dark and it's just on you, but you got to get through that level. Or you can change the check marks where, you know, can you get through this huge section of the, of the level without dying before you can actually save. Um, and that'll actually, it'll, it'll increase the, the amount you get. So you get 500 and they multiply it by 0.5 and you get tons of quills, which is really great. Um, I, Josh, I don't know, but how did you feel about the aesthetic ones? Like when the background would change, when our ukulele would change as characters? Um, I think some of them, like some I actually still use just on and off for fun. Some I kind of honestly would like turn on a couple times just to kind of play with. And then that's about it. Because Some honestly do make it a lot harder to see. Or like there's a couple that are black and white and they are pretty cool to check out and play around with. But I kind of like to see the game for what it is originally supposed to look like. So I don't use them a whole lot, the aesthetic yeah. ones at least. I, I do like the VHS one, to be honest. Um, yeah. That's probably the biggest aesthetic one I've used. That and the, if it counts as that, the the 64 tonic one, where they're the 64 model. Yeah. I do like that one a lot. Um, so a lot of the ones that change them I actually do like because there's that. There's one that you can just... With the A button, you can make them change colors. Yeah. Um, what is there? There's a shadow puppet one, one where they glow. There's a lot of cool ones like that that I yeah. do like. I would say well, along the veins of you, like I'm, I, I've said it before on the show. I'm a very much a traditionalist, so I, I, I would test them out and play them, but it actually really it bothered me internally. I'm like, like I don't want to like beat this level and it's um got a disco light on. <laughs> um, even though it was cool, I just, at least for my first playthrough, like when I started going back to levels and like, that I've already played and, uh, I'm just there to, you know, like grind for some quills or look for some coins I missed. Um, then I started to feel more, un- more comfortable with doing that. Um, however, I do think a lot of the background, um, color ones, I, me personally, I haven't really heard people complain about this, but I found it harder to, to really see and to focus and concentrate that VHS one, man, like I turned it on and I played through the level, but I was going through some stressful situations and it was not fun seeing the white stupid lines that you would get on a VHS tape scroll up when I'm trying to focus that made it harder and it was annoying. (laughs) Um, but I did keep it on, finish it out. But um, I think my top two favorite transformation ones are definitely um, the color one where you can change all your colors. I thought it was cool to see the different color swaps you can really have. 
Um, and I love the glow and the dark one. I think they look really the glow worm. I think it is. Um, they really look bright and colorful, and I love that. Um, and I like the cartoon one too. There's one that makes it look like a Saturday morning cartoon, more hand drawn in that style, and that was cool. Um, so I enjoyed those uh, overall. And yeah, you can really feel like a beast if you get the like power up ones. Um, sinks that you lose your. Uh, coils with those but um, um it, it is fun to mix and match with them since you can do three at a time at first in the game later um you do unlock an option to, ha- to have four out at a time so like now that i've beat it i've gone back and just mixing a bunch of them together um be it different aesthetics and you know things that make it easier or harder and just kind of force myself to work with what i got sure um, so that's been fun um Let's talk about the overall world again a little bit. Um, so obviously we said we started out in front of Hivery Towers, the the main area outside that you uh, of um, of the lair basically that you play the first game in, and um, you get to roam around. Uh, you get to obviously go back to Shipwreck Creek where um, Ukulele's home is. Um, it's fun to to see that area and to. To just revisit it, I had a I had a fun feeling going back here. I'm like, oh man, this is where the, this is where it all started. You know, that's it. It, it literally gave me those exact same feelings of Banjo Tooie when I could roam around Spiral Mountain, um, and think back like this is where Banjo Kazooie started. Like this is where we learned the game, the tutorials, and I got that same feeling when I would go back to this area and revisit it. It made my heart warm and happy and and feel light and. I loved it. I loved every bit of that. Um, but you get to see so... This map is big, Josh. It, it, it looks a little small at first, but it really expands. Everything um, is clouded up, and then once you get to a new, new area, it unlocks itself and shows it on the map. And um, You got to see so much more around just outside of the main area that you played in in the first game, which I thought was really cool, and I think... That would be really, really awesome if they could explore those areas more in like a 3D platformer setting. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we get to go revisit those areas, but they're more fleshed out and they're more open, like a 3D world sandbox. Oh, yeah. And I think this opens that opportunity up in the future more. It's building more of the world around it. So that's cool. Absolutely. Um, but no, there's just a lot of mystery, a lot of secret passages um, to, to, to find. Like we said, there's secret passage levels in the games to um to come out at a different area that you can't reach just by trying to get to it in the overworld you have to go through a level to find the secret path all that stuff is fun and unique and cool um you even find some of the the battalions are hidden in the main world and you got to find them that way too um so josh i you know like i said there's not without spoiling the game in general um you know, there's a lot here to this game. This game really, I'm not surprised that it's it's so good. Um, I'm really happy that it's so good. Performing well, and, uh, it runs well on all systems. Um, let's just recap real quick, you know, what the impossible layer is like a little bit. Because uh, it's hard. It's, it's long and hard. And um, you don't get to restart. At, you don't have any checkpoints. If you lose, you start over. You get to the very end of the... You, you get to the very end, the last fight, and lose, you start over. And it takes you maybe, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes, would you yep. say, 
to get to the end of that level? Yeah, yeah. When I had my successful attempt, it was my seventh attempt through it. Um, I think it. I, I didn't completely clock it, but I think it was about twenty minutes. Um, and usually before that, if I'd fail, it was around fifteen minutes or so. So it, it takes some time, but I'd, it's one of those things where I'll, if if something's like unfairly difficult, it can usually end up causing me to get really frustrated, and it just doesn't seem worth it. Um, I won't I won't call out any old platformers, but there's a couple that come to mind. But but this one I don't feel like it ever really got there. Um, a, a lot of what I was doing wrong, I felt like it was was more my fault. It didn't feel so cheap, and it, it just felt like this big, really cool goal to be shooting for like the whole time, like everything you earned, all the battalion members you've you've gotten to help you, like all led to that. And it was just always. You, that was actually it was one thing I don't think we mentioned. You can go to the impossible layer at any point during the game, so you can go right back in at the beginning, or if you're halfway through and have twenty two Bs or forty eight Bs, however many, yeah. you can go back in and give it a shot. So when I beat it, I had all the Bs and all the help I could get. <laughs> um, Same, but yeah, I, I actually really liked the concept of it and and how it was handled. Um, even the difficulty of it, I felt like it was about just right. I, I don't think I would want it any more difficult than it was, but I, I definitely want would not want it to be too easy either. So I, I felt like it, I felt like it hit a good balance. It, um, yeah, it's, it's hard, but you guys, you know, if you played any Donkey Kong country games and even some tough Mario levels, you guys just have to have the mindset, you guys and gals. Um, that it is, you're going to die a lot. Like you will die over and over again and you just have to learn it. And that's really how you do it. Expect to die, have some patience with yourself and grace with yourself and patience with the level. And you will, um, slowly get better and you'll eventually master it. And you'll be like, ah, that was easy. But, um, yeah, yeah you, you, where every time you, you pass your part, where you were made it before there's a giant ukulele balloon um heads of them and it's just like saying that's where you that's as far as you made it last time which which i thought was cool and, and clever and cute to just kind of point you out like hey you were here congratulations you're past here i always try to challenge myself to get through in each area better than the time i did before um like the amount of bees i've lost you know so i try to like at least get through the first section without losing 10 bees that I, I really hope I don't lose 10 bees, you know? So, um, sometimes I'm, su I'm successful and sometimes I'm not, but, um, overall guys, this game is great. Um, I'm sad to say that currently, at least the last time I checked, this game is not in the top 30 on the eShop and I don't understand it. I really don't understand it. I think it's a bogus excuse when people are like, there's just a lot of good games. All right. Like, no bull crap. Like, <laughs> sorry i i may be sounding a little extreme here but it's like it's a good game don't tell me like because dragon quest 11's out that you can't go get this game people buy games all the time this game if it was a donkey kong country game it would have sold at least two million by now guarantee it it would have sold a lot but i've i've seen more complaints that people are like, um, I don't trust them from their after their first game, which wasn't that bad of a game in the first place. Um, wasn't bad of a game. The Switch version's awesome and it 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 fixed a lot of the issues from launch. 
But because of the rough start that they had from their first game, people are overlooking this game. Just they're writing it off. And Josh and I have witnessed that from just multiple accounts, just watching people online. We don't even have to engage. We just see it. And it's really sad to me. You People are missing out. And I really hope Playtonic can really get their sales boosted, especially on Nintendo. Like that's their main crowd. They've said that, that their main audience is Nintendo. And um, guys, we strongly encourage you to go get Ukulele and the Impossible Air. On, whether you have it on a Switch whether you don't have a switch or not, like if you have one of the main systems, go get it. It it really is good. You won't be disappointed. We promise it's going to be fabulous. Um, Josh, anything else you want to add before we uh, close out the show here? Not a whole lot to that, really. Um, I agree with the, everything you said there. I could go on and on about it. I, I do think um, it shouldn't be ignored. And yeah, it kind of irks me too that. I haven't seen it talked about more than it has been, and I think it deserves more than that. I think there's a little bit of a, um, I don't want to sound negative, so I'm trying to think of the correct word to say here. I think it's popular to hate on that team, perhaps, online. Yeah. And some of that is just sure. kind of bogus. <laughs> it is bogus. Um, I, I, I just, I recommend checking it out especially if you're into those old platformers if you're into the old school rare games of course i do feel like it was it was made for crazy fans like us but i feel like even if you didn't grow up during that time i I think it's something really special and i think you can enjoy it um i definitely think it's worth your time the reviews have been great um so yeah check it out it's a lot heck it's it's even cheaper than a lot of the full price games for Um, sure definitely something that shouldn't be overlooked and i hope that changes um over time hopefully here coming up on the christmas season and everything that picks up that'd be cool you know i'd I'd like to get the word out on it i I do think you're missing out if you're overlooking it for sure um well guys we're gonna wrap up the show here and um ryan wasn't here so we didn't do our due diligence at the start but i'll try to do some due diligence here um, we have opened we haven't opened up our hotline a lot in recent times but we want to start doing, getting back to that if you don't have our uh, hotline you can save this to your phone it's uh, 317-969-5690 again 317-969-5690 that's our hotline you can call us anytime it doesn't even have to be about an episode if you have any questions you just want to be involved in the show um, have a nice comment to say call us leave it we'll play on the on the on the episode one of our episodes and uh we'll uh, we'll love to respond we love getting voicemails from everybody um and yeah you can find us on twitter and uh on facebook i almost said myspace oh my goodness we do not have a myspace (laughs) um and on instagram uh go look for us nintendo nostalgia in is usually our hand our handles um around nintendo underscore nos is on twitter um, yeah, find us and find us personally. You know, you're gonna find Josh and I. Um, by our, look us up by our names and Ryan, and uh, we would love to add you. I love you in the community, guys. If we have any new listeners as well, please uh, go give us a five star rating on iTunes and and leave a nice comment about us. That helps us grow as a show. We really want to continue to just grow this podcast. Um, it's something that we do we do we don't get paid to do this you know so it's it's always a sacrifice away from our families and our time and um to to do this because we love to do it and we love to put smiles in other people's faces so 
If you could go out, help spread the word of the show, get us, uh, the bigger community grows, the better we'll get, and it'll help us out tremendously. Um, do that. So, um, five-star rating and write us a comment if you, if you, if you don't mind, if you can. So, but everyone have a blessed one. We will definitely be back next week and we'll be playing with some more power. Have a good one. See y'all later.